afternoon, good evening, and good morning, all of you guys out there. Welcome from the great American Midwest. It is yours truly, Mark, here with another episode of The Wormhole. It's been a couple weeks since we uploaded last. Plenty of excuses. None of them good enough. Um, one of them being, of course, I was out of the country. Um, I had to do a quick drive to Nashville on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of the previous week um, for a family issue. Um, it kept me away from the uh, studio here, uh, but I've been saddened the entire time. Um, definitely good to be back behind the microphone with you guys today. Um, we are in Season 2, discussing conspiracies. That's right, guys. Last episode, we covered the JFK assassination and our thoughts on who, what, where, when, and why. Um, be sure to check that out here on Spotify if you have not listened to that one already. Today, guys, now I've, I've touched on this topic quite a bit in the last couple of months that we've been doing this podcast. I've hinted at it. I've briefly commented on it here and there. Today we're going to discuss the Apollo 11 mission to the moon. It is a sensitive topic. There are people out there that believe this with all of their passion, body, and soul. And there are people that have quote-unquote debunked all of those theories and they believe without a shadow of a doubt and every fiber of their being that it wasn't a hoax. I've talked to people over the last couple of weeks. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do a podcast uh, for a little while. So I spent some of that time doing some research and talking to people that I know and getting their opinions on things. And um, I'm going to tell you, it is very, very split like almost evenly down the middle like 50-50 on people who believe it was faked and not faked I had no idea that I mean it's just my small sampling um, but microcosm macrocosm right sometimes our society and our our culture our population is very split on this issue and I was surprised by that not many conspiracy theories out there have such a large backing usually it's five or ten percent of the population labeled nutcases whatever whatever but just as we dived into in the previous season about aliens and UFOs I was shocked at how many people believed in the, the moon landing being fake and I think and I might touch on this a little bit later again but I think some of it has to do not with the evidence or supposed evidence or lack of evidence I think a lot of it has to do with the culture that we find ourselves in with the distrust of the government I think if the government came out tomorrow and said the sky is blue trust us the sky is blue there would be people out there that just wouldn't believe it because the government said that the sky is blue 
So I think some of the moon landing hoax or proof conspiracy stems from our innate inner um, distrust of our of our government as it is. And who could blame? Years and decades of being lied to, misled, things being withheld, um, seeing politicians say one thing and do another, it breeds a aura of distrust and contempt. And I think that's partially what we're seeing with the moon landing hoax. Just want to say that up front. People are also going to wonder, you know, by the way that I'm reading things and by the way that I'm presenting these arguments that, you know, Mark, you must agree with it. You must you must think the moon landing's a hoax. Like, I don't believe every conspiracy out there. I don't believe every theory. I do believe that some of this evidence could be easily explained. I do agree that some of it is very tantalizing and controversial and hard to explain. I'm on the fence with it. I did not want to get caught up, just my opinion, did not want to get caught up on my distrust and my inner demons when it comes to the federal government and lying and things like that. you got to remember, this was just a couple of years after Kennedy was shot. This was 1969. There was a lot of distrust and a lot of anger. We had Vietnam. We had just come out of Korea. We were only 20 years removed from World War II. I mean, we were lied to, you know, constantly. Bay of Pigs, all of it. The Cold War was in full effect. We didn't trust the Russians. We didn't trust our own federal government. It was a petri dish just full of everything that needed to go wrong for people to not trust the federal government and NASA. Most of what I'm going to take tonight in, in this episode is going to come straight from the Wikipedia. You can just go to wikipedia.org, type in moon landing conspiracy or moon landing conspiracy theories, and you can read along with me or you can see exactly what I'm looking at. Images and article and, and quotations are all right there. Um, the moon landing conspiracy theories claim that the Apollo program, the Apollo 11 flight and landing and planting of our flag on the moon in 1969 was faked. They believe it was done in a soundstage or a studio in an attempt to quote-unquote beat the Russians in the space race. The Russians had beat us to space with Sputnik and they beat us with you know the first man in, in space and in orbit and the, every step of the space race the Russians were beating us and it was very bad for morale and it was just the height of the Cold War it was something we could not do was let the Russians win that's why a lot of people think that it was faked um, there's theories about Stanley Kubrick and being a director because he directed a, a movie uh, called Capricorn One, where the man's first landing on Mars was faked. It was an actual movie where the government faked us landing on Mars. Uh, actually, let me let me pull that up real quick. Capricorn One, it's a 1977 film. 
Um, Tiller Sci-Fi, directed by Peter Hyams. My bad. It was not Stanley Kubrick. Um, they surmised that the moon or the the landing on Mars was faked by the federal government. Now this has been going on for 40, 50, 60 years now. Um, I don't expect everybody to believe in these theories. I know almost every adult in this country has at least heard of this theory, and that's why we're covering it. Everybody's heard of the Kennedy assassination and the, th and the conspiracy theories. Everybody's heard of the moon landing being faked and those conspiracy theories. Those are the ones that we'll dive into this season. So that's why we're choosing this one. And you can form your own opinion. You can let me know what you think. Um, but I would definitely welcome some of that input. So we're going to dive into that right now. Um, we Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion Swindle, was a self-published 1976 novel by Bill Casing, a former U.S. former U.S. Navy officer with a Bachelor of Arts in English. Despite having no knowledge of rockets or technical writing, Casing was hired as a senior technical writer in 1956 by Rocketdyne, the company that built the F-1 engines used in the Saturn V rocket. He served as head of the technical publication unit at the company's Propulsion Field Laboratory until 1963. The many allegations in Casing's book effectively began discussion of the moon landings being faked. The book claims that the chance of a successful crewed landing on the moon was calculated to be 0017% and that despite close monitoring by the USSR, it would have been easier for NASA to fake the moon landings than to really go there. They hired a guy, quote, Despite having no knowledge of rockets or technical writing, they hired him as a senior technical writer. Again, no knowledge of rockets and no knowledge of technical writing hired as the senior technical writer. That's like having zero experience at a job and you getting the job. It just doesn't make sense. That was... That was one of my red flags, first and foremost. In 1980, the Flat Earth Society... <laughs> now that's a fucking joke. Accused NASA of faking the landings, arguing that they were staged by Hollywood with Walt Disney sponsorship based on a script by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by Stanley Kubrick. That's who they believe filmed the fake moon landing. That's where the confusion came in, so I apologize about the Capricorn 1 reference. But they believe Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick were hired by the government to film and fake the moon landing. Folklorist Linda Day suggests that writer-director Peter Hyams filmed Capricorn 1, which shows a hoax journey to Mars in a spacecraft that looks identical to the Apollo craft, might have given a boost to the hoax theory's popularity in the post-Vietnam War era. Day sees a parallel with other attitudes during the post-Watergate era when the American public were inclined to distrust official accounts. So there's that lack of trust in the federal government, all these conspiracies swirling around. As I said before, it was a petri dish just ripe for the picking. It was just the perfect storm of circumstances to create doubt and mistrust. 
In Man in the Moon, first published in 1994, Andrew Shockin mentions that at the time of Apollo 8's lunar orbit mission in December of 1968, similar conspiracy ideas were already in circulation. So people already thought that we were faking our missions to space before we even went to the moon. And they usually revolve around the space race for obvious reasons. I mean, you had to have been alive at this time. I wasn't, but I, I spoke to family members and aunts and uncles and grandparents that were alive during the Cold War. And it was a different culture back then. It was a different method of thinking. It was a different time. People were either very patriotic or not. They were very angry and distrusting of the Russians. They lived in a lot of fear that at any moment they were going to go into nuclear war. Um, there was a lot of tension. A lot of tension. Conspiracy theorists claim that NASA faked the landings to avoid humiliation and to ensure that it continued to get funding. NASA raised about $30 billion to go to the moon, and Casey claimed in his book that this could have been used to, quote, pay off many people. Since most conspiracists believe that sending men to the moon was impossible at the time, they argue that landings had to be faked to fulfill Kennedy's 61 goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. In fact, NASA accounted for the cost of Apollo to the U.S. Congress in 1973, totaling $25.4 billion. I don't think that that's evidence that of any wrongdoing or that it was faked. So NASA tells Congress that the moon landing is going to take $25.4 billion. They managed to raise $30 billion to do it. Okay. People are oh, what they do with the extra $4.6 billion? I don't fucking know. Maybe they need to hire Stanley Kubrick. Who the fuck knows? I'd film a movie about a fake moon landing for a couple billion dollars, wouldn't you? But, I mean, you go on places like Kickstarter and GoFundMe and all that stuff right now where people can get on and do grassroots, like, fundraising and they, and they want to raise money for a certain business idea or a certain good cause. And they say, look, I want to raise $10,000 for my, my uncle's cancer treatments. And he winds up raising 15000 Well, that doesn't mean it was fake. That just means that he got more than he asked for because people were generous. And in this case... NASA said, okay, it's going to cost you this much, we're going to give you this much, just in case. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked somebody to get you from the store, something from the store, and you know that it's like a buck or two, but you hand them a five or a ten and you say, you know what, here, grab me a, a, a soda and a bag of chips, here's ten bucks, keep the rest for yourself for the hassle, whatever. Like, do you sit there and count out $2.59 and give them that? No. And I think in this case, NASA did too. NASA probably knew, you know, things happen. You might have to fix something on the fly. You might have to alter something. You might have to make changes on the, on the fly, and you want the funding to do it. We're going to give you a little extra. And the Vietnam War also comes into play, but I don't... I've, I've read some of this, and I've looked at some of that. I think what they're trying to say is that because of the Vietnam War being in full swing, America was... America had a very low morale. Like I said, Cold War, fear of nuclear war with the Russians, 
were in Vietnam. Nick, or not Nixon, but Kennedy was just shot. So morale in the United States was at an all-time low. And they needed something to quote-unquote boost their spirits. Now, I know some of you weren't alive during the, the Cold War and the moon landing, and that's fine. Let me take you back just 21, 22 years. 9-11. Okay. 9-11 devastated this country. It was the largest terrorist attack on our soil in, in history. Ever since Pearl Harbor. We needed something to lift our spirits. And at the time, going to the moon and being the first human beings to set foot on the moon and plant an American flag, I think served a very big psychological and moral purpose. It cemented our place in history as one of the greatest nations on this earth throughout time. And at that time, I, and I've spoken to people who lived during this time and who watched the moon landing live on television, and the sense of pride that they had in their country was overwhelming. And I, I remember watching footage of this when I was younger and watching newscasters cry on live on air when we set foot on the moon. The emotional movement in this country at that moment made everything else okay. The Vietnam War, we'd forgotten. The, the controversies in the federal government, the Cold War, none of it mattered for a moment in time. So if it was going to be faked, and let's just say hypothetically it was, the motives are sound. And remember, in any criminal case you've got what motive and opportunity and here we have motive and we know the federal government they clearly have opportunity they have unlimited resources unlimited manpower and unlimited money and they have a motive but all you have is circumstantial evidence beyond that According to James Lunsky, the conspiracy theories are impossible because of their size and complexity. The conspiracy would have to involve more than 400,000 people who worked on the Apollo project for nearly 10 years, the 12 men who walked on the moon, the six others who flew them in the command module, and another six astronauts who orbited the moon. Hundreds of thousands of people, including astronauts, scientists, engineers, technicians, and skilled laborers, would have to had to keep the secret. Longusky argues that it would have been much easier to really land on the moon than to generate such a huge conspiracy to fake the landings. To date, nobody from the United States government or NASA linked to the Apollo program has said the moon landings were hoax. With the number of people involved and noting the Watergate scandal, they noted that someone would have had 
would have outed the hoax by now. Now, let's be honest here. That's that's 100% accurate, right? Because if the one thing the government is very bad at doing is keeping a secret, they're, they're good at generating them, and they're good at lying. Well, they're not really good at lying either, but... They're not good at keeping secrets. I mean, if a guy like Edward Snowden can download and steal government secrets and release them and all of these things over the years like Roswell and the Kennedy assassinations where things just start to eventually come out, I can agree with this part of the article. I can agree that if it was faked and so many people were involved, then somebody would have whistleblown, right? Even somebody on their deathbed. Like, you, you tell me thousands and thousands of people involved in the conspiracy. Somebody would have blown the whistle. Somebody would have came forward, right? No. Not exactly. Think about it. Think about it. Do you really need to involve thousands and thousands of people in the conspiracy? Because... Out of that $30 billion, maybe you set aside $50 million or so to fake it and build the studio and hire a couple actors and a director. But the other part of that $30 billion you actually use to build a space program and build rockets and train astronauts and shoot that fucker up into space. You know, it gets up in space and it does its thing, whatever, and then you switch over the cameras to the to the movie studio and voila. All the men and women that worked on the shuttle and the engineers and the technicians and all that, they believed what they were doing. And they built a real rocket. I have no doubt about that. People watched it live on television. They watched it in person. They watched the rocket take off. Obviously, they didn't fake that part. So you had all these thousands of people actually do the work and you actually fired that shit up into space. Now what happened to it once it got up there, who knows? I mean, it flew it into the sun, it just flew off into the distance and came apart and disintegrated. Who, who knows? Maybe they shot it and it landed on the moon and it, it fucking disintegrated. Who knows? But they actually did the work. The only people that really needed to be quote-unquote in on the conspiracy was the couple of astronauts and the couple of people in the control center. Even most of the people in the control center could have been led to believe that what they were watching on their screens was actually happening. They're receiving radio telemetry or um, radio signals. They're receiving visual video signals and telemetry from, quote-unquote, the, the lunar module. But they don't know what they're f receiving in their command center is real or fake. They just know they're receiving these signals. So even the people in NASA could have been not not in on it and not known any better. So I don't think that's a strong argument of rebuttal to say 400,000 people would have to be in on the conspiracy. No, I don't I don't really think so. I don't really think so. If I'm going to fake my death, okay? And let's say my plan is to drive my car over the Grand Canyon and kill myself in a fiery explosion. And let's say you think I faked it. Let's say I jumped out at the last second and there was a crash test on me in the driver's seat. Are you gonna is is, is my response to you gonna be, well, 
it couldn't have been faked because the people that made the car, the dealership that sold me the car, and everybody else is going to have to be in on the conspiracy too. No. No, not really. The guys who built the car had no idea where it was going to end up and who was going to buy it and what was going to be in it. And the guy who sold me the car had no idea that I was going to fake my death with it. He thought it was just going to use it like it was supposed to be used. It's not a valid argument to say every body involved in the entire program would have had to been in on the conspiracy. I, I think that loses steam right away. Now what does get me, and this is the downside of podcasts and radio, is visual images and video pictures and stuff. What really sells the conspiracy theory to me is the photographic evidence. Moon landing conspiracists focus heavily on NASA photos, as they should, right? A pictures are worth a thousand words, and what better to prove or disprove something than actual physical, physical evidence? And and pictures and videos are physical evidence. Photography photography experts, including those unrelated to NASA, have replied that the oddities are consistent with what should be expected from a real moon landing, and are not consistent with tweaked or studio imagery. Some main arguments and cardinal arguments are listed below. And we'll get into these in a minute. Those of you that know a little bit about the moon landing hoax will know that when it comes to the images, some of the finer points is that the crosshairs on the photographs sometimes appear behind images in the foreground. Now you can Google this if you're not following along. That's totally okay. I don't expect you to be listening to me in your car and have Wikipedia up on your phone. But later on, after the podcast, when you got some downtime, just Google, you know, fake moon landing photos and 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 take a look at some of these where, you know, they've got antennas and the flag and the the lander and the rover and shit, and you see like the crosshair of the photo which should be superimposed over everything. So a crosshair is either etched, painted, printed, or something on the lens itself. It helps to focus, it helps to center objects in the foregrounds, and create, um, not depth, but a frame of reference. So a crosshair should always be on top of, or in front of, everything in the frame. Everything. Some of these crosshairs parts of them are behind objects now at first you would think well that you know photoshop and you know the images were added later okay well i have two points about that number one very skilled photographic editing software of that caliber did not exist in 1960s. Computers were the size of rooms. Literally. They didn't have, how do you call, um, like graphical interfaces. They didn't have a monitor with a screen and a mouse and a keyboard. They didn't have Windows and software. Adobe didn't exist. There was no Microsoft Paint. They didn't copy and paste and move images around. That software and that capability did not even exist for 30 to 40 more years. 
So to say that somebody took the photos of the moon landing and threw them in Photoshop and edited them is kind of ludicrous. The second point to that argument. Would they really be so sloppy? And I know some of you are out there like, yeah, yeah, they fucking would. But really, though, the one thing that people are, I'm sorry, the two things that people are going to scrutinize the most will be the video evidence and the photographic evidence. These images are going to be looked at and analyzed for hundreds, if not thousands of years of mankind's setting foot on the moon for the first time. These images are going to be in history books forever. You really think that somebody didn't sit in a lab or a, a control room somewhere and, and critique these photos down to the last degree? They wouldn't have noticed, hey man, you guys bucked up all these crosshairs. We can't have that. That looks sus. That, that is suspicious as hell. We can't have that. Some people claim because of glare and the um, like glare from the foreground shining into the lens kind of creates a faded look of certain parts of the crosshair. So if the black crosshair is over something that's white and because of the glare of the sun, it's, I, I, don't, I, I think that's getting too far involved. I've seen blurry images of the photos on move on, on the moon and then I see them like digitally enhanced with modern software and the crosshairs are there but that doesn't mean that the crosshairs weren't added later it's a slippery slope is what I'm saying and that slippery slope is we are now taking different people's words for it and we have already admitted to putting images into software and quote-unquote enhancing them so you've already altered the original image by your own admission it's no longer the original image even if you just throw it in there and sharpen it or change the contrast levels to brighten it or darken it you've technically altered that image it's no longer the original so does that make it a valid argument now? Another theory is there's no stars in any of the photos. The Apollo 11 astronauts also stated in post-mission press conferences that they did not remember seeing any stars while being outside of the, of the module. Conspiratists, conspiracists contend that NASA chose not to put the stars into the photos because astronomers would have been able to use them to determine whether the photos were taken from Earth or the Moon by identifying their celestial positions and whatnot. Which I agree. Okay, let's say hypothetically you wanted to fake anything to do with space. If I wanted to fake me standing on the Moon, I sure as hell wouldn't want any stars in the picture because, yes, astronomers would be able to tell, hey, wait a minute, this, the stars, that, this picture was taken from Earth. As a matter of fact, it was taken from Green Bay, Wisconsin on such and such date and time. Like, they are that precise. These guys do not play around. 
they can tell you the day and time down to the minute of where stars are in the sky. I do find that strange. I find it strange that I can go out in my backyard right now on a clear day, or night I mean, and look up at the sky as long as it's not cloudy, and look up at the sky and I can see stars, even with the light pollution of Earth. And being in a big city with all the light pollution and all that stuff going on, I can look up and I can see stars. So these astronauts are on a, on a, on a body in space and can't see stars. There's no stars in any of the photographs. That really does bother me. And the only counter-argument to that is the reflection of the sun off of the moon creates light pollution and it kind of blinds you to the small lights in the sky. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. If I'm driving down the highway in the middle of the night and a guy in oncoming traffic has his high beams on and they're super blinding to the point where I gotta kinda put my hand in front of my face doesn't mean I'm not gonna see the taillights of the guy in front of me so I don't buy that the sunlight reflecting off the moon blurred their vision and they weren't able to see stars because of light pollution I don't I don't know if that's a valid rebuttal Now, if you look at short exposure photos of space, oftentimes there's not a lot of stars in the sky. But if you were to go right now, and a lot of people don't know this, but ever since the ISS, the International Space Station, has been in space, there's been a live feed, a live video feed online that you can go to and you can watch. They have cameras mounted on it and they're pointed right at Earth and the surrounding area and you can go on NASA's website and you can view the cameras from the ISS and you will see stars in the foregrounds of these photos and you can see Earth and stars off into the distance. So if we could take all of that light bouncing off of the earth and it doesn't re and it doesn't create a glare or a blind spot or light pollution and we can still see stars i don't believe that that was the case on on the moon that does bother me and again we go back to the very first argument there's a motive and there's a means there's an opportunity they obviously wouldn't be able to have the stars in the background because people would know. People would know it was taken from Earth. So that's a strike against NASA and the rebuttalists and the debunkers. That 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 theory of light pollution from the sun. That I could see if the sun was beaming you in the face and you looked up and you're like, oh fuck, I can't see nothing. That's one thing. But in the dead of night on the dark side of the moon, there's no reason you wouldn't be able to see stars. The angle and color of shadows are inconsistent. This suggests that artificial lights were used. I concur. However, 
it gets complicated because what you're dealing with now is tricks of the mind and the mind can play tricks on you when you look up into the sky at a cloud and you see a monkey or a bunny rabbit it's not really a monkey or a bunny rabbit so what people think is that by looking at certain photos of the moon landing when you can see the rover and the astronauts and different rocks and things like that you see shadows from these objects and some of them are going in different directions and what people say is that's proof that there was multiple sources of light well I would agree I can look at these photos I'm looking at them now yes there are shadows going in different directions suggesting different sources of light however and I watched a video on this the other day and I have to say I, I agreed with most of it the problem with this theory is you are applying two-dimensional thinking to a three-dimensional plane you're looking at a two-dimensional object a photograph and you're overlaying lines on it with zero depth zero perception zero line of sight and applying 3d logic to a 2d plane and vice versa you're applying 2d logic to a 3d plane in some cases you can't tell the height pitch and angle of a surface that might be skewing a shadow to look as if it's going one direction and it's not and you could you could prove this theory by yourself tomorrow when you walk outside your door find the sun look down at the ground look at your shadow look at the shadow of the tree next to you and look at the shadow of the tree slightly down the road from you and it's going to look like that shadow down the road is slightly going in a different direction why because of distance because of pitch because of angle it's all going to look like it's different now if you were to take a picture of that it's going to look even more pronounced because you've taken a 3d perspective and put it on a two-dimensional plane a flat surface so to speak and that just doesn't work like that math is good math is fun and math will solve a lot of questions but in this case math kind of goes right out the window because you're applying a 3D set of principles to a 2D plane and it just doesn't work that way. You can test this theory out on your own. Like I said, go in your backyard and, and try this experiment for yourself. Now, also, there were multiple sources of light. You had, number one, you had the sun. Number two, you had the lights on the lander, the lunar module and the rovers. You had the lights on the spacesuits of the astronauts. And you also had the flash of the camera. Some of the shadows, yes, will be going in a different direction if like flash was used or you were standing at a certain angle from the two different light sources. It's going to appear that way. So I will score a point here to the the truthers if you want to call them that that 
I think those photographs and those shadows can be easily explained. Now, another popular one. Who filmed Neil Armstrong stepping onto the moon? <laughs> this has been a fun one. Because it's clear as day, they had cameras attached to the legs of the lunar module. And if you look at the angle of Neil Armstrong coming out of the lunar module, it's clearly being taken from kind of up above, and it's mounted on on something very close to the lunar module and the camera doesn't move it doesn't shake it doesn't do anything because it's landed it's stable if you were using a tripod or if it was a camera guy it would move or if it was on a tripod you'd be able to gauge the distance from neil armstrong to the camera and you would see like a leg or something of the lunar module and you'd be able to gauge that distance based on its size Again, three-dimensional math, right? So when you look at pictures of the lunar module, like in museums, and, and I believe they had a pre-flight prototype, there's cameras mounted on those legs. Those cameras filmed Neil Armstrong getting off of the lunar module. The theory that the astronauts could not have survived the trip because of exposure to radiation from the Van Allen belt and galactic, galactic ambient radiation. Some conspiracists have suggested that Starfish Prime, a high-altitude nuclear test in 1962, formed another intense layer of the Van Allen belt. Now, when you watch things about the moon landing conspiracy, they always bring up this Van Allen belt of radiation that surrounds the Earth and it's caused by solar winds and solar radiation and our ozone and our atmosphere protects us from this radiation and it's deadly. And that's true to a point. But what's more dangerous than a lie? A lie by omission that's surrounded by a little bit of truth. And that's what we have here. The Van Allen Belt does exist. It is full of deadly radiation. Except that there's theoretically two, possibly even three belts of a Van Allen Belt. Some of them more or less dangerous than the others. They won't tell you these in these documentaries and these things you watch on the moon landing because then you wouldn't watch it, right? They're buzzwords that sell it. They, they make a point and they say things like Van Allen belt radiation and then you eat it up. Like, oh man, that sounds so scientific. It sounds so fucking believable. And that's all it's meant to do. And in reality, the Van Allen belt of radiation doesn't affect you like you would think it does. It's not like sticking your hand in lava and it immediately melts your hand. It's prolonged exposure. And they didn't have prolonged exposure. That's another thing they don't tell you. They flew through that shit. They were through the Van Allen Belt in a matter of hours. They, they did not linger there for days or weeks to have that solar and, and galactic radiation like just pounding them non-stop 
Because then, yeah, it would kill you. Not to mention they were wearing suits with different linings that protect them from radiation, as did the fucking shuttle and modules themselves. And they weren't in it for very much time. People say that the film and the cameras would have been fogged or damaged by the radiation. No. These films were kept in metal containers lined with lead, iron, and all that shit. They thought of that. They thought of that. The moon's surface during the daytime is so hot that the camera film would have melted. There is no atmosphere on the moon. And I don't know how much you guys know about the atmosphere and how things work when it comes to hot, cold, hot fronts and cold fronts and winds and all this stuff, but... Our atmosphere and our ozone traps heat. Everything on this planet gives off heat. Your TV, you, your coffee cup. Everything gives off a certain level of a couple of different things. Heat, vibration, radio waves, everything. Energy. There's nothing on the moon to capture that heat from the sun, hold it, and radiate it there's nothing on the moon that would create enough heat to melt the film the Apollo 16 crew could not have survived a big solar flare firing out when they were on their way to the moon I don't know we're not on Apollo 16 fuck you Wikipedia we're on Apollo 11 one of my favorites the flag placed on the surface by the astronauts fluttered despite there being no wind on the moon this suggests it was filmed on Earth and a breeze caused the flag to flutter. It said that it might have been caused by indoor fans used to cool the astronauts since their spacesuit cooling systems would have been too heavy on Earth. Let me explain this to you. So the flag is not just, and you can see this just in photographs, the flag is not just stuck on a pole and when you look at it, it looks stiff like you washed it it's just way too much starch right like it's just like a stiff t-shirt it's not it's actually on an l-shaped pole so the pole going up and down attaches one side of the flag and then a pole going uh, horizontal attaches the top half of the flag now the flag only seems to flutter when the astronauts were moving it into position without air drag. These movements caused the free corner, the one corner of the flag, to swing like a pendulum for a little bit. Which is basic inertia, basic science. If you take a piece of paper and you hold it on two sides and then you wave it back and forth a little bit, that one corner that you're not holding is going to flutter just a little bit. And that's exactly what this flag did. It's not wind that made it move. It was the back and forth movement, the fast movement of the astronaut turning the pole that caused it to flap a little bit. And if you notice in that video, immediately after he's done like fucking with the flag, it does not move an inch afterwards. Had it been on Earth, 
it would have continued to move. It would have continued to flutter and flap and all that stuff based on the gravity and the wind, the atmosphere itself. Another thing I want to point out, and I don't hear this a lot, is you notice that the flag in those photographs and in that video, it looks wrinkled. It looks like it was bunched up. Well, that flag was actually folded during the flight and, and put in storage. And what you're seeing is that flag still being kind of bunched up from being folded like that. If it was on Earth, gravity would have done its part and that flag would sag. You might see a couple of the lines from the crease of it being folded, but this thing looks like a piece of paper that was like balled up thrown in the trash bin and then taken out and unballed up. It looks all crinkled. And cloth doesn't do that the way that this flag does. Why? Because there's no fucking atmosphere on the moon. So I think this part of the moon landing it was legit. If this was faked it was done. Very good job. Footprints in the moon dust were unexpectedly well preserved. Of yeah, if you were to go to the moon right now and we in fact did land on the moon, you would find those footprints still. Why? Because there's no atmosphere. There's no wind. The only thing that's ever going to disturb those footprints is if like a meteor lands near it and kicks up a bunch of dust and just covers it all. Otherwise, there's no wind, there's no water, there's no earthquakes, there's no rumblings, there's no bugs or other things up there that's going to ruin those footprints. They are there forever. And they also say, well, there's got to be moisture to, you know, make a footprint. Does there? Does there really? You ever had any, like, put your hand in, like, a bunch of flour? Like, flour is the driest shit you'll ever put your hands on, by the way. You can leave a handprint in a pile of flour. No water, no moisture, nothing. There's a lot to this. You know, they go in deep with, like, mechanical issues. Uh, a lot of it is very scientific that I got to admit, I can follow along and I can understand a lot. But trying to convey what they're trying to say to you guys might get lost in translation. And I don't want my limited understanding of it to butcher it and maybe come off as incorrect or misquoted. So I'm not going to get into some of these technical conspiracies about this weighed this much and could only travel at this speed and these radio transmissions could have only been done at this bandwidth which would not have been possible to penetrate our atmosphere like there's a lot of these theories that quite frankly I didn't even know existed before I started researching this and I've had my doubts about the moon landing for you know 20 to 30 years and only in the last couple of weeks have I heard some of these theories so I'll let you guys dive into some of those in your own free time. Like I said, just go on to Wikipedia or Google it and do your own research. But there is a lot of it out here, guys. And you know what? I can't say definitively what I believe and what I don't believe. I can tell you that I'm like 80% sure we went to the moon on Apollo 11. I'm about 80% sure. The other 20% is just some, like I said earlier, 
not trying to get caught up in the hype of distrusting the government. I don't want my opinion to be jaded by my own personal beliefs and theories, but the other 20% are just some of these theories that are very, very sound. Like the one with the stars not being in the sky. You know, there's a couple of those smaller theories that I agree with and I believe that I don't feel like have been properly explained to me. So I'm still kind of on the fence about the whole theory. And just because I can easily explain some of the theories and debunk them doesn't mean I can't be wrong either. And I've told you guys that from day one. Never, ever, ever take anything that somebody tells you at face value. Do your own research. Be your own tutor. Don't believe anything I or anybody else says. Be informed. Be educated. Go out there and educate yourself. and Formulate your own opinions. Let me know in the comments. Go visit me on YouTube. Link to my Discord is down below. Find me on social media. and Let me know what you think. And if you have any ideas or uh, questions or anything like that for the show, feel free to drop me those as well. My name is Mark. It has been a pleasure once again to be on this microphone for you guys for this hour. Enjoy. From the great American Midwest, all the way from the state of Wisconsin, I bid you all good evening, good afternoon, and good morning wherever you are. Until next time, enjoy.